What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Imagine getting in a hot, stuffy car in the summer. You know how it cools off much faster when you roll down the windows first to get the hot air out? Well, that's exactly how an Easy Breathe basement ventilation system works. Removing all the musty, damp, stagnant air and replacing it with fresher, cleaner, drier air. Take charge of your air with Easy Breathe ventilation and get $250 off today. Ask about DIY kits. Visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com or call 866-822-7328. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can... And enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? It's Freddie Prince Jr. I haven't done this before, but uh, I'm going to answer a question that I got on Twitter that at first I just kind of was like, it was too hard to answer because it was an artistic one. You got to kind of take time with those. I've had like a week with it now, and I think it was a good enough question that we should talk about and it was wrestlers that became actors um and why does it seem so hard to make the transition but yeah so we're going to dive into that a little bit and this week we're going to dive into the Kofi gauntlet match and in in two different directions one the one you saw on tv that got him the opportunity for the world championship which he won and the origin of it which was when I was working there and it was the whole writing team, but I remember I was the one who pitched it as long as, as well as the producers behind it, uh, Freebird and, and, and that lot. So we're going to jump into that because it was crazy watching it happen live. So without further ado, here we go. Now stepping up to the mic, the host of Wrestling with Freddie, Freddie Prince Jr. All right. I was up in my attic. And a lot of you, if you listen to my old podcast with Josh Wolf, he calls it my gym attic. And I was watching an episode of, I think it was Friday Night Smackdown. And the Kofi Kingston, this is years after I, 10 years after I left the company, easily 10 years. So not only does he have to win all his matches in a row, he can't lose any to earn his prize, his title opportunity. And this is the WWE World Championship. But he also has to win them all in a row with no rest in between. And it's the impossible challenge for the impossible prize, right? And anyone who knew the business, there's no way they they thought they were going to put the title on Kofi Kingston. And then the New Day comes around and it's sort of re- shapes and remolds him and the hype and the and the passion became very very real and you started to see almost like in a Jeff Hardy way people believing in Kofi and and the crowds were hot and I'm watching this and all of a sudden I go holy crap I think we wrote this and I texted uh my buddy who no longer worked at the company or maybe he did but he was there when I was there And I said, oh my gosh, are you watching this Kofi gauntlet match? And he texted me back. He goes, dude, we wrote this gauntlet match. And I freaked out. I was like, oh my God, I wonder if they're going to 
they're not going to let him win. And all of a sudden, he just wins match after match after match. And he wins the whole thing. And he gets his title opportunity. And then, of course, I'm not connected to the to the rest of the story, and I have no knowledge of it. But then he goes on to win the WWE Championship, only to then lose it to the to the dreaded Brock Lesnar um, a few months later. So I'm watching this, and I'm I just I have a grin from ear to ear on my face. You you would have thought. I was I was going back to Disneyland for the first time since I was a little boy. Like it was crazy watching the journey, the story that they were telling in the ring that night with the history involved. So now let's let's go back in time, right? Like Wayne's World. And I'm at the company. I barely have any gray hair at all. I was looking smooth. And we come up with this idea for Kofi to become intercontinental champion i believe I, I think it was intercontinental it could have been the u.s title again someone will, someone will correct me you guys know better than i do and everybody is like writing out their ideas and how they would book it this wrestler and how he's going to beat him and that wrestler and how he's going to beat him and and that wasn't my that wasn't my strong suit i was probably the the weakest one in the room when it came to to who should win and and who should lose so I'm sitting in there and I'm trying to, you know, write out the story behind it and the and the promo that's going to get us into the story and thinking about after how this is going to, you know, get over. And all this happened because Kofi had this crazy scene on live television. Man, maybe it was Monday Night Raw and it was the U.S. title. But one of the NASCAR guys, and I don't follow NASCAR, so I don't I don't know their their names the way some of you would. So forgive me for not knowing. I think the only one I can think of, I was going to say Jeff Jarrett, but that's a, that's not a professional race car driver. So I clearly, I don't know the sport, but there's a Jeff there that drives fast. One of these guys gave Randy Orton a NASCAR, like an actual race car, NASCAR. And it's shiny and it's got all the logos. It looks like, you know, straight out of Tom Cruise's Days of Thunder. And but maybe not with as good a hair as he had, but still the same vibe. And it's it's glistening the way they have the lights on it. And Kofi's going just ballistic for something that happened. Forgive me again. This is a long time ago. I, I can't I can't remember. But he takes an axe, a fire axe to this NASCAR while he's cutting the promo. So there's a ton of effort and breath behind it. And it doesn't sound like the standard babyface promo or babyface trying to be a tough guy. Hell, trying. The man's holding an axe and he's cutting holes into the hood of what looks like, it's clearly not, but of what looks like, you know, a, a, a $2 million car, however much a NASCAR costs. I have no idea. And he's like, is this what you wanted? Is that what you, and it's like, he's yelling every time the axe hits. And we're watch. I'm watching Vince's reactions to this, and he's just lighting up like a teenager watching it. I mean, you just see when he sees something in somebody, he's like, "That's it, damn it, yes!" And you could, he's just behind him all the way. And then Kofi finally like puts the axe through the windshield, or if you're in England, the windscreen. I respect all cultures. And he jumps off the car and he storms off. And Vince is like, damn it, yes. And he's this kid's going to be a star. So that was the impetus to write. Is that the right word? To, to write the story, the seed 
that that sort of sprouted when when Vince fertilized it, so to speak. And we started riding crazy as fast as we could because we knew we had a green light. And when you work at that company, there's so much uncertainty and so much of your hard work feels like it goes to waste sometimes because you get assignments that aren't even approved by the boss or maybe they were just approved, but in passing. So he wasn't really listening. You know, like when you tell your, your better half man or woman, yes, just to get them to stop asking you questions and talking. Cause you're watching something that you really like, or you're trying to play a video game. You're like, yeah, yeah, that sounds amazing. And you heard nothing of it. So, you know, it could have been that, or it could just be random politics, which is where this story goes. Imagine getting in a hot, stuffy car in the summer. You know how it cools off much faster when you roll down the windows first to get the hot air out? Well, that's exactly how an Easy Breathe basement ventilation system works. Removing all the musty, damp, stagnant air and replacing it with fresher, cleaner, drier air. Take charge of your air with Easy Breathe ventilation and get $250 off today. Ask about DIY kits. Visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com or call 866-822-7328. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at highfivecasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at highfivecasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at high5casino.com. We have this story. The whole team is motivated. And again, I don't remember everyone who worked on it. So I'm just including everyone. But I know I wasn't alone on this. We finished the whole thing up and everybody thinks we have this great run to the title. We bring it and it gets approved by Steph. She's way, she's way behind it. I don't think Shane was back in the company at that point. I think he was over in China at that point in time. In the meantime, Randy Orton and Kofi have a match. This is a week later. In the match, a spot gets blown. And for those who don't understand, who aren't wrestling fans, that's like if if a scene on Saturday Night Live, a live show, or if you're watching a sitcom that happened to be taped live, like Rock back in the day, or, or I think Will and Grace eventually went live, things like that. You can't have people making what you would deem a foolish mistake because it could kill the whole show. Now, in a sitcom, it's sort of funny, so the audience is laughing and you kind of roll with it. But imagine if it was Law and Order live and someone just blew their line and started laughing when they're trying to you know, arrest or break up some like pornography ring, right? It's, it would just kill the show. So a spot gets blown and Randy gets pissed on live TV and you see him, and you could check this on YouTube, you know, st- 
stupid with that deep Orton booming voice. And that 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 Vince wanted him to be Johnny Cash and and present himself, even though everyone already knew he was Randy Orton as hello. I'm Randy Orton. I'm like, yo, that's exactly like it is from the trailer that you saw in that movie. He goes, Yeah, it's great. <laughs> we already know he's the best wrestler in the world. Everybody knows who he is. Anyway, so this spot gets blown, meaning a technique, uh, a stunt in the in the match gets blown. You can tell something doesn't look good. I don't know what it is because I don't see the spot when it uh, when it happens. So I don't know what happened. I just know something is is not good, right? We get to TV the next week with our story, and it's written in the script. And again, I can't remember if it's a SmackDown or a Raw. And we're in there pitching it. I'm pitching it. The producers are pitching it. I'm trying to help shape and tell the story and bring a lot of passion and energy to it. They're talking about, yeah, the guys have worked this out. They've worked that out. You know, he's going to save face here, meaning he's, he's not going to look bad when he loses. We've got some real creative ways. And they're spelling it all out. And uh, Vince just kind of looks at Kevin. And Kevin has this sort of knowing smile, right? Like he just let us do this whole pitch for no reason other than to watch it get shot down with joy and pleasure, which is so weird and counterproductive to me, but to each their own. And uh, Vince goes, I'm sending you to the drawing board on that. And like the, the, everyone's hearts, like you just heard like multiple thumps on the floor, like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and they weren't toes tapping. It was just, everyone was crushed and no one would, would tell me why at first. And so I'm sitting through this two and a half, three hour production meeting and my story's dead. I've tried to save it for about, 10, 15 minutes. And when I say my story, my team's story, it's my job to sell their crap. It's my job to put it over. That's, that's my job is you're a salesman in there on, on production day. And when I say crap, I don't mean bad stuff. I was behind this. I believed in this story. I say that about my crap too. Don't worry. But 10, 15 minutes, I'm fighting for it. And it's just, there's no, there's no winning this battle. So now I'm trying to fix it. I'm offering, you know, alternative solutions. Other people are offering alternative solutions. The whole thing's just gone and dead. So finally, I just shut up and we move on. And uh, I don't think Kofi even worked that night. And I get out and they tell me what happened. They tell me about this blown spot and Randy's pissed at him and it's got, it got shut down. And they ended up, for those who aren't in the know, they ended up using that real moment of why Randy sort of held Kofi down in the actual story of Kofi winning the title after winning the gauntlet match that I saw 10 years later off of Randy Orton. They literally put that into the story. Like, you know, because of the person you were, that opportunity was taken away from me. Those aren't the exact words, but I'm just trying to communicate the gist of it as quickly as possible. Um, but I, I remember watching that and it all came from this sort of, this moment of, of acting, which was him on the hood of the car, which kind of inspired the thought on the question that I got from Twitter, which was, who are the best wrestlers turned actor? Who are those wrestlers that have turned actor? And why do I think that it's such a hard transition from one part of showbiz 
to the next. So we'll get into to all these. The obvious ones are The Rock. Hulk Hogan did a, did a few. John Cena. Some of the movies that they did, I think you can kind of see the, the talented actors almost always leave. You know, Hulk did a, did a few, you know. The only good one, I think, was No Holds Barred, where he played Rip. That had a, It was Zeus versus Rip. That was Tiny Zeus Lister, uh, rest in peace. Tiny, uh, Tiny Zeus Lister Jr., I believe. And I think that was 1989. Uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, rest in peace. Uh, he was a solid actor. You guys could see this cult movie that John Carpenter directed and I think wrote from 88, the year the Dodgers won the World Series. That's how I remember that. It's called They Live, and Piper's just great in it. Uh, one of my dad's best childhood friends, Keith David, is in that movie. He's the black dude that voiced Spawn from the animated series, and he's the other lead in, in that movie, and they have this great, like, seven-minute fight in an alleyway over a pair of sunglasses, and that's all I'm going to say. And it's ridiculously 80s awesome in every possible 80s way uh that was a great one people i think sleep on jesse jesse ventura uh from the running man and from predator which was uh predator i don't know man maybe he was better in running man because he actually got to be kind of funny in that one but predator he was such a badass he played blaine that was a 87 or 88 that's john mctiernan he also did movies like uh die hard and uh random one that I don't know why I know, The 13th Warrior with Antonio Banderas. Underrated flick, kind of Viking Norse mythology, which was kind of cool. Um, and those were sort of like the, oh, he did uh, Hunt for Red October. Everybody saw that movie. So cool director there. But, um, you know, the modern wrestler, Dwayne is another one whose work you saw grow, right? He made it through, but it's hard. You can, we're not at, 10. You know what I mean? Like you can count Andre if you want. You could count, you, you can count Big Show for sure. You could count Edge for sure. They've done a lot of, a lot of work. Jericho's done a lot of work. But as far as like what this question was in reference to, like the ones that make it as far as The Rock, it's really The Rock and John Cena's on his way. He's on a skyrocket there. So let's discuss some of the wrestlers that are working today in the that aren't out there making movies that I think could transition. Um, I think a very easy one that everyone would agree with would be Bray Wyatt. I think he has the kind of range and the level of commitment necessary to play multiple types of roles, not just the, the scary guy, but he could do, I know he can do comedy because I saw him do scenes back in promo class where we would pull scenes from like Beverly Hills Cop and stuff like that. And he would just knock them out of the park. But uh, his chops are no joke. His commitment is next level. He's the kind of guy that I could see make that transition. It would be a much stranger role, you know, because he's not the, he doesn't have the look of a typical leading man. Right. He's never going to have the body of, of the rock. So you have to kind of carve out what kind of not necessarily a character actor, but what character would become his sort of signature character. But I think he could do it. Uh, I think Miz could be the lead on any sitcom, on any channel, and he could find a way for that thing to be on for 10 years. Uh, I've loved Miz for a long time. He's been a guest on here. If you haven't listened to that episode, you really should. All my guests, kind of the main theme that I try to focus on is 
is how they accomplish their dream. And I tried, not all my guests are going to be people I know. Some it's just people I respect, but the ones I know are always people who, who are problem solvers, not problem identifiers. They're constantly looking for solutions. And Miz is the kind of guy that can do that. Um, one of the best actors on the entire roster or in all of wrestling, I think is Alexa bliss. I think she's shown that over the last two, three years easily, even when they mess up segments that should be so simple and would be so easily written if they didn't have 12 people writing it, she's able to pull off even some moments that I would not want to sell as an actor. If I read it in a script as, Hey man, we got to change this line. This ain't, the same work and, oh, well, I really like it. And then you hit them with the, well, maybe I'm just not good enough to do that. So if you could help me out. That's Meryl Streep said that in an interview once. I was like, oh my God, I'm stealing that. Because they hired you. The, the first thing they're going to say is, oh, no, 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 of course you're good enough. We'll change the line. <laughs> it works. But in wrestling, you don't get to do that unless you're, you know, top, top dog with a with a belt around your waist. But I think her skills are, are next level. Um, I love Kevin Owens. But I'm trying to think, like, what would he be if he became an actor? Would he be, would he be like, like the tough guy version of Monk? Like, would he be a detective solving crimes on like the USA Network? Would he be a bad guy in movies? Like the scumbag that you always want to take out? Would he be the Mr. Mom kind of dad? Like the 80s Mr. Mom with Michael Keaton. But I know he can act. Like I've seen him commit to everything from the absolute most absurd, ridiculous comedy takes that you could possibly even have the guts to put out there to improv type stuff, to serious, serious stuff, to evil son of a bitch kind of stuff. Imagine getting in a hot, stuffy car in the summer. You know how it cools off much faster when you roll down the windows first to get the hot air out? Well, that's exactly how an Easy Breathe basement ventilation system works. Removing all the musty, damp, stagnant air and replacing it with fresher, cleaner, drier air. Take charge of your air with Easy Breathe ventilation and get $250 off today. Ask about DIY kits. Visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com or call 866-822-7328. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel... It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, high five casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High five. High five. Casino. Casino. Win at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. And then I already mentioned Edge, but I think, you know, out of the shield, I really wanted to be able to say all three of them. But I think the one who would have the biggest shot. And if you disagree with me, I'd be interested because I think I know which way you'll go. But I think I'm going to go with Seth Rollins. And here's why. 
And I, in second, I would put Moxley. And I think that's where a lot of you are going to go. Moxley definitely has his thing, right? He has the, uh, it's the Jack Bauer quality, right? And he's had that for a long time, whether he's a baby face or a heel. So he could definitely pull that off. But Seth lately has been able to do something where he showed a range that I wasn't, I didn't know he had, right? So, and so check this out. He becomes the Monday night Messiah, or now he's the Friday night Messiah, or whatever night he is. He's the Messiah. And uh, the WWE version. And I hated it. I hated that laugh, that forced laugh. I hated all of that. And then I realized, because I'm an idiot, I'm supposed to. It's not making me change the channel. It's making me want to shut him up and punch him in the face for laughing at something that he and I both know is not funny in any way, shape, or form. So I actually think he's doing a great job with this character. And for the first few weeks, I did not. And I I love getting proved wrong. I loved watching the New Day explode. Um, I didn't like Elias when he first Kate was in NXT and then he hit on WWE Monday Night Raw. And I was like, oh my God, I love this guy. Adam Cole finished a promo with Bebe after just executing this beautiful promo. And I was literally was like, wait, what, dude? But I had never seen Adam Cole. And I watched him week after week after week. And by the time it's the fifth week, he's finishing his promo. And I'm right there with him. Adam Cole, baby. <laughs> and I'm all on that train. So I get proven wrong a lot. And that's kind of the great thing about art is we have these, these preconceived notions based on how we were, I, I use the term programmed, but based on how we were raised culturally, what our parents' tastes were, what our friends' tastes were, what the kids who were cool but we weren't allowed to hang out with because they were older than us, what they thought was cool. All those things shape how we interpret art, whether it be wrestling or, or literature or, or anything, right? So if, if a man is writing a script or a book, the woman is usually underwritten, but the men reading it don't notice that as much as the woman does. If a man ever read like one of those female mystery books where, you know, they get framed for murder and things like this, the husband almost always does it. A, an insecure guy would be like, you know, yo, this men are underwritten. We're not all horrible people, right? Like we're all programmed to interpret this in different ways. And, and there is no wrong when it comes to art is if you like something and I go, oh, that sucks because of A, B, C, and D, none of those affect the reasons A, B, C, and D, why you like it and vice versa. So there are Picasso paintings out there that I, I, I don't like at all. I would literally walk right by. They would have zero impact on my life. There are the ones, paintings that I've seen that have made me cry. That's oil on canvas, man. That's not even... A photograph is not even real, but it made me cry. So, you know, taste is it is it has always been a tricky thing. Now, as far as the business side of it, Hollywood has been weird with wrestling for as long as I've been in the business. All right. I moved to Los Angeles from New Mexico or back to Los Angeles in 1994 to, to begin my acting career. And things happened quickly for me. 
Um, for those who haven't listened in, my father was in this business. It provided me some opportunities that I had to be ready for. I was a very disciplined young man, and I was ready for most of the opportunities that came my way. And I moved up the line quick. And I'm telling you this because wrestling has always been a passion of mine. And I've always tried to find opportunities throughout my career to try and bring wrestling to mainstream Hollywood. And it has always been been like running into a brick wall. It is the the disdain that this business has for it. I just, I get it, but I don't understand it. I, I get everyone has their taste, but we can talk about documented things. Like before the CW was the CW, it was known as the WB. And they had an executive there named Jamie Kellner who I knew because he was the main executive on a little show called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He also happens to be the executive that hated professional wrestling when he went to TNT and basically got rid of it. And his perspective on the business was very, is the word pervasive, was very just sort of universally accepted is probably a better term than, than anyone else's that I've seen, at least in a position of power. So a lot of times when I've even mentioned wrestlers for, hey, you need to meet wrestler X, Y, or Z, just on a general casting meeting, they can really act. Here's some clips. And I've done this for wrestlers in the past. I've literally gotten hit back with, yeah, but they work for WWE. And I'm like, so what? They would, they'll quit. <laughs> a TV contract's better than a WWE contract, I assure you. And SAG is better insurance than having to go in there with your own. So it, it's always... There's always a speed bump. I'll give you some more examples. I tried to pitch two wrestling shows last year and to friendly, to friendly faces only, no strangers. And one of them I pitched to three networks and the other one I pitched to four that I had, again, friendly faces and people that I've known over a decade who I said, listen, I know, you know, you guys aren't necessarily looking for this, but here's something different. One was sort of around the world of women's wrestling and one was in the world of sort of comedy wrestling or yeah, more theatrical wrestling. So both times in all seven rooms, four for one, three for the other, it was every single question. How do we sell this? And I'm sitting there. I'm like, like any other show, what are you, what are you talking about? Yeah, but people know it's fake. Like, well, yeah, but people know that, the, the, the green arrow is fake. The, the, no one can shoot an arrow that nice in real life except Katniss. Like, what, what are we talking about here? And everything was always about that. And then a lot of times they talked about the level of acting, the quality of acting, or the lack thereof that they found. And that was an argument that I wasn't always able to match because not every great wrestler is great on the mic because they don't have to be. You're not there to watch act, acting and a match. You're there to watch wrestling. And if someone can talk, you want to get them either fired up with you or fired up against you. That's a wrestling show. So, and I know it's evolved and changed over the years, but in the heart of a wrestling show, that's what it is. So not everyone has to talk. And by the way, not every actor on every network is a great actor. Okay. I look at the movies I did when I first started compared to when I stopped my work got a lot better near the end than it was at the beginning. So maybe that's where their argument falls flat, but it's their perspective. So it's not going to 
it's not going to change with me just saying, no, you're wrong. And here's why nobody's trying to hear that. So I've always run into massive brick walls. And I, and again, these are people that like me. These are people that I've sold things to in the past. These are people that I've taken no money at all and just said, Hey, you need to meet my friend. They have a great idea and everything worked. Like they trust my opinion on these things. So to go in there and get just shot down universally time and time again is very, very frustrating to the point where like my dream is to have my own wrestling federation one day, right? Like that's my like final retirement project. And I had to change my whole perspective on it, which was I have to have enough money for two years of failure. I'm going to let it fail for two years while constantly working to build bridges, open up connections, find homes for it to the point where it can finally start financing itself, paying the wrestlers themselves, providing insurance for the wrestlers, things like that, things that I feel are important. And if, if it can't, then I'll fail and in that venture and I'll move on to something else. But that's what's necessary in order for me to try and jump into this train. And I don't want to compete with WWE or AEW. I just want to kind of have my own thing and have it on smaller channels, smaller networks, have it be a SAG show so that they're all screen actors guild. That's what SAG stands for. And then they can have some insurance for as long as that union lasts. I'm sure there's some scheme to bust that one up too, but if it's still there, then, uh, then yeah, but I've been, uh, I went back to work. I'm excited for it. Uh, I'm putting together my little my little wrestling. Well, what do they call that? My little piggy bank. But there's a cooler word I can't think of. Anyway, I'm putting some money in there for the next year and a half, a little over a year and a half, and then I'm going in on uh, on my indie wrestling brand, and that's about setting small goals and then finishing with something great, which is the moral of each podcast for you, my friends. I thank you guys for listening. I'll see all of you next week and make sure you uh, check out everything here on the Michael Toto Network. They're doing cool things and I'm very happy to be a part of it. So thanks guys, see you next week. Peace. This has been a production of iHeart's Michael Tura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 